0: The Hate You Give got a prequel. Concrete Rose by Angie Thomas follows Maverick Carter, Star's dad, back when Seven, Star's older half-brother is born. And it's basically Maverick's journey of like being a parent and dealing with the gangs and Garden Heights and his life. And for those of you who don't know, Angie Thomas is one of my favorite authors. I love The Hate You Give. I love On the Come Up even more, which I didn't think was possible. So I have been excited about Concrete Rose since it has been announced. And it is so, 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 so good. Like, I accidentally read it in a day it was that good, I swear. I looked down to read it, and then I looked up and I was done. And it was a total accident, like, I didn't mean to read it that quickly, but I did because it was so good, and I just devoured it, and it's so amazing, and I'm so, 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 so excited to talk about it. Books, TV, music, and movies, all things that make a big impact on everyone. I'm constantly gushing about my latest read to anyone who listens, so I figured I'd turn my rambling into something coherent that people will actually listen to, which means no tuning out halfway through. I'm Maya Ghosh, and this is My Take. book we're going to start with a little bit on the writing and the writing is angie thomas so obviously i think it's amazing the narration is just like dialogue it's like maverick is talking to you and so it's so easy to read and really interesting because nowadays we're actually starting to see a lot more books where the narration really is more dialogue and they're really talking to you and like a beautifully foolish endeavor and an absolutely remarkable thing by hank green come to mind where it's like very directly speaking to you this is not exactly that, but it definitely is more dialogue-esque narration, and I love it. And I think Maverick is so funny and so real, and I'm a huge fan of her writing style. I know some people have said that her writing style is more, like, choppy and they don't like it, um but i think it's really great i loved it obviously i read it in a day so it's super easy to read but it still has like a good quality about it it's not like easy to read because it's shit and you just blow through it like it's not at all i think it's super good so that is all i have to say on the writing now we're moving on to what everybody's here for the plot we start with the basketball game where maverick and king who are best friends are getting shut out by sean who is the head of the king lords and it was very interesting to see king because obviously from the hate you give we all know him as like the head of the gang and there's like tension there and stars will stay away from him and he's kind of an antagonistic person so it's interesting to see him and not to be like oh that's king it's like no like him and maverick are best friends and king and mav are dealing behind sean's back and their dads used to be the head of the king lord so that's why King is named King because his dad was like the head of the gang, and they are going behind Sean's back. We learn later that this is how kind of King steps into power of the King Lords, but they're dealing behind his back, and Mav is dating Lisa, Star's mom, and he gets her a necklace with his name on it because he has all this money because he's dealing behind Sean's back. And it's like, I don't, I personally don't like that whole like. You know, it started with, like, Gabriella and Troy in High School Musical. Like, T is in Troy with the necklace. Like, eh. And now it's, like, his legit name. Like, no, I'm not a huge fan of that. Obviously, she liked it. So, like, I was glad Lisa liked it. But also, like, Maverick, you're being dumb. You want people to think you're not dealing behind their backs. And you're just out here buying expensive necklaces. And then we learn after that, very soon after that, that Lisa broke up with Maverick a year ago for, like, a week because... Uncle Carlos is now just Carlos because Lisa's brother, but I remember him as Uncle Carlos from The Hate U Give. He lied about seeing Mav cheating with somebody else or, like, talking to some other girl or something. Told Lisa about it, like, that lie that led to them breaking up for a week. And in this week, Mav was hanging out with King, and King and Aisha were, like, not dating but, like, hooking up. And King told Aisha to make Mav forget about Lisa which is never a good idea, and somewhere in their interaction, the condom broke, and so now Aisha has a baby that's three months old, and they're doing DNA tests to figure out if it's Mavericks or if it's King's baby, and they go to do the DNA test, and like, shocking, Seven, who doesn't have his name yet, but I'm calling him Seven because that's who I know Seven is, uh, Seven is Mavericks, duh, and he gets super fussy, so Mav and his mom go to change him and that's where he starts learning how to change a diaper and they walk back out and Aisha and her mom just left. They left all of his stuff, they walked out and they're dishing Seven with Mav. And that's obviously a really stressful situation because He can't get a hold of her, and he didn't even know he was this kid's dad until three months in, and he's never spent any time with this kid. And then he goes home, and he has to learn about feeding, and he gets spit up on him, and Lisa calls him, and he doesn't tell her, which... I I get that it's not a conversation to have on the phone... But you're such a small like community I'm pretty sure it's gonna get out so like I wish he would have been like hey why don't you come over and been like hear me, my son you know but whatever and then Dre shows up I love cousin Dre I love him I love that he knows that Mav is dealing on the side and he forces Mav to stop dealing altogether and is like look I'm too far into this but you need to get out and you need to be a better person than me and like do as I say not as I do like I love Dre and then we finally get aisha on the phone and she admits that she's postpartum depression well she doesn't admit that she's postpartum depression but she is like i'm just not in a good place to like be around a baby and she just hangs up on mav like they don't make a plan as to when she's coming back they don't make a plan for her to visit they don't do anything she just disappears hangs up and disappears and then mav gets a call from his dad who's in prison and has been in prison since he was eight so for the past nine years because he's 17 in this book And they discuss Kobe who's just starting his Lakers career. And like I'm not a huge basketball person, but after like Kobe's death and everything, and this is like around a year after that kind of sort of. Because I remember it was like right around the Grammys that he died. And then they were doing it like in the same arena or whatever. And so like now reading it, I was like, oh, like that's that's kind of sad. Like it's not just like nostalgic, oh the beginning of Kobe's career. It's like, oh that was sad. And then Mav has to tell King that he's out, and he gives King the rest of his stash, and he lies to Dre that King has done too, but at least he gets himself out, which I appreciate. And I was like, okay, good. You're taking the right steps you're getting out, like, you're gonna get your life on track, you're gonna do this. And then Mav tells Dre about Tupac's connection to the number seven, which eventually leads to Mav doing more research about the number seven and learning how it stands for perfection, and that's how Seven gets his name, which I think is really cool. And obviously, like, we knew the meaning of Seven's name because there's a whole thing in The Hate You Give, like, talking about meanings of names and stuff, but i like that like we see the backstory and everything and then he goes to the store with dre and between dre and mr wyatt hassling him Mav ends up getting a job at the store which i was very thankful for and i was like okay this is good because instead of just going to work for some like corporate thing like mcdonald's or whatever like you're working with somebody who understands you and will give you life lessons and will try to take care of you and gets that you're still in high school and trying to support and like you would get childcare care for mrs Wyatt and stuff like i appreciated it but then we walk outside and run into tammy who's lisa's best friend so mav's like you need to drive me over to lisa's he shows up to lisa's tells her and she rightfully like bursts into tears and kicks him out for lying about it the whole time which i would have too because it's one thing to be like when they're getting back together be like by the way like when we were broken up i slept with Aisha that would have been one thing but it's another thing to get back together and then not tell her until you have a three-month-old kid like that was a lot of lying he did that he should not have done and then the night before school starts Mav freaks out because seven won't calm down and so he walks out of the house just to like take a moment and then he freaks out because he's like holy shit I walked out on seven but his mom is there and he's like look the important thing is that you walk back in and that you do it and I love his mom. His mom is so good and so helpful, but also, like, doesn't let him get away with any shit. And, like, it's just, it's the best. And then the morning of the first day of school, Seven has a diaper explosion that ruins his first day outfit. And so then he has to, like, change and stuff. And he finds it hard to give Seven to Mrs. Wyatt so he can go to school which I thought was really adorable, and I was like, oh my god, you went from not even knowing this kid to now you don't even want to leave him, and like the growth that happened between those two points, I was obsessed with, and then he obviously runs into Dre, and Dre gives him his chain and his watch to like dress up his first day outfit a little bit, and then he goes to school, and then eventually ends up running from security to skip with King, even though King got expelled last year because he beat up a racist football coach, which I don't agree with a lot of what King does, but I Violence is never the answer, but, like, I get why he would beat up the racist-ass football coach, right? Like, that makes sense. And then while driving around with King, King goes to deal at Lisa's school. So, Mav shows up at Lisa's school, and she obviously is like, you need to leave. Like, what are you doing here? Which I appreciate, and I appreciate that she, like, stands her ground and stuff. And then Mav and King go to Reds and they flip all the tables because Red traded Mav fake Jordans, and then because of all this driving around and stuff, he ends up 15 minutes late to his first day, so Mr. Wyatt makes him stay for an hour later, which I appreciate, and they're planting roses, which is really cool, and Mr. Wyatt talks to him about Lisa and stuff, and, like, I love Mr. Wyatt's influence on him, and I love how he's, like, teaching him about life and, like, telling him about things and, like, the Planting of roses was really cool as like a symbol throughout the book because you know they always talk about like you have to cut off the things that aren't helping you grow and like Mav has to eventually cut off King and stuff and right like the roses can grow through the winter with the right support and like Mav is growing a lot because he has the right support around him because he leaves King because he has Mr Wyatt because he has his mom, like I appreciated the roses as a symbol especially because it's called Concrete Rose which is another Tupac lyric, but I I appreciate the roses as a symbol I appreciate Mr Wyatt's help in Mav's life. And then we learn like Aisha is still MIA and Dre comes over with pizza and a water gun fight and the new Lawless album, which I screamed when I saw the name Lawless because if you've read On the Come Up, you know the main character in On the Come Up, Bree, is the daughter of Lawless and Lawless eventually died. But it's a really big thing for her that her dad was like this pretty big rapper in the like Garden Heights community and stuff. And, like, she used the chain that says Lawless on it. And so I loved that we saw that. And then they drive around a bit, and I freaked out. This is actually, like, a really good ploy on Angie Thomas's part because Mav takes the baby monitor and leaves Seven in the house and they drive around for a little bit and I freaked out I was like the baby monitor is gonna go out of range like they're not gonna be able to hear something's gonna happen to Seven whatever obviously I know Seven survives the book because in The Hate You Give he's totally alive and kicking but I was like some shit's gonna happen you're gonna come back to Seven crying or whatever so we're placing all the focus on Seven so that when we come back Dre gets shot And I was not okay with it. I freaked out a lot. I was, I was, I was not okay. And he was on the phone to Keisha, which was not cool. And like, they were getting married and he had so many things going on in his life. And like, it just sucked so much, especially because he was such a good influence on Mad's life and keeping him out of the gang shit and keeping him like, you know, at his job and working on his life and stuff. And then after Mav feels like he needs to be strong for everyone else and not cry ever and be like the man of the family now because Dre's gone, which really sucks because obviously he's not getting the time and space he needs to grieve. And then he gets pissed at Sean because Sean won't let him go after Aunt because he thinks Aunt killed Dre. And I appreciate Sean. I really do because I did not want Mav screwing up his life, going after somebody. And I didn't really believe that Aunt killed Dre because I didn't think... It was gonna happen like I didn't think Red was gonna be the one to do it but I didn't think it was Aunt either so it was just it was a lot and then Lisa comes to the funeral and they like skip out on the funeral not skip out it's after the funeral where everybody's just gathering and Mo goes up to Mav and is like you know you can like walk around get some fresh air if you need it whatever so they ended up leaving and going back to Lisa's house and Lisa does his hair because he hasn't been doing his hair And then one of them starts tickling the other and they end up making out and then getting naked and having no birth control and they just agree that Mav can pull out and it's gonna be fine because they obviously never took sex ed and don't know that that's not a legit birth control strategy and they need to not do that and i was literally like screaming i was like obviously we know that star and seven are not that far apart in age but I was like, bro, you already have a kid. You're asking for two. Like, what the fuck? Why are you doing this? Like, it was just, it was a mess. Obviously, it was inevitable because we know that Star comes along. Then afterwards Lisa's mom comes home and Mav is all like, I love you and stuff and Lisa doesn't say anything and he's like freaking out because obviously the only reason she slept with them is because they're caught up in the moment and there was a lot of emotions. They didn't stop to think about their lives and their relationship. And then he calls Lisa's house from the store and he gets her mom who berates him for a little bit and then hangs up. And then afterwards outside the store he sees Aisha who literally just, they have a really unproductive conversation. She just runs off. Like, she doesn't even try to accept responsibility or make excuses. She just leaves. She just can't handle it, which is really annoying. Because it's like, yeah, you might have shit going on, but, like, why don't you talk to him? Like, he's also the father. Like, obviously, he's taking a lot of responsibility. Why don't you, like, make a plan? And obviously, I didn't expect that much from Aisha knowing her and the hate you give. Like, obviously, she's not going to be that type of person. She cares more about her, her relationship with King than she does about her kids. But... It was like why don't you just have a conversation be like i really need time or i want to start visiting or i know this is unfair to you or whatever like talk explain like you know he is the father of your kid like he's the one taking care of your kid you feel you it just it was a mess like i didn't i didn't like it and i didn't like how aisha handled anything and then at school mav learns that rico and Junior are now dealing with king and so he feels like he's starting to get left out of the loop because obviously his priorities are seven and being a father and He's no longer just, like, a 17-year-old kid fucking around. And he gets sent to the counselor, but instead of going to the counselor, he ditches. And he ends up with Sean. And they actually have a really good conversation about, like, staying out of the gang shit because that's what Trey would want for him and stuff, and Sean wanting to respect Dre's memory and, like, making sure that Mav can be alive to see his kids and raise his kids and stuff, which I really appreciated. But then Sean gets him high and he shows up to work high and Mr. Wyatt is all on him for being high and stuff. And then Mav finally opens up about the fact that he just wanted to not feel anything for a little bit and not feel the hurt. And... Mr. Wyatt gets through to him and it's like you know it's okay to cry and like you have to cry and I appreciated that Mr. Wyatt was there for him and got through to him and was able to let him cry about Dre and stuff and like they had that really good conversation and then his mom takes seven for a night so that Mav can go to the football game and like fucking King has to give Mav a ton of shit about staying home and taking care of seven like bro what if this had been your kid what if you'd been the one to like give up the gang-banging lifestyle to like stay at home like would you have i mean king probably wouldn't have because like he's king but i was like why can you not see that he's actually doing the responsible thing and being like an adult and like taking charge of his life and you need to like learn to lay off and to support your so-called best friend and then there is the fight that breaks out which leads to aunt being dead and so mav thinks like he's okay for a little bit because aunt is dead and then lisa comes over and she's really good with getting seven to sleep and like being good with seven and stuff and obviously she's like uh i think i'm pregnant because y'all didn't use protection like what the fuck did you think was gonna happen all it takes is one time kids and Mav is like okay well I'll go and get the pregnancy test and he realizes he can't go to Walmart so he has to go to Mr. Wyatt's store and Mr. Wyatt is there and Mr. Lewis is there and they're like giving him a ton of shit and he has to like take the tests out of his check because he doesn't have the money right now and we come back and obviously like we know that Lisa's pregnant and like it's a positive test because that star in her belly and I hate that Mav's mom feels like she failed him because she did not like he's just an idiot you were not the failure you were such a good mom and been helping with seven and allowing him to like get through school and stuff and like it sucks that she feels like she failed and also i am only calling the fetus star because i know that she keeps star and it is star and we've read star's book if this was like any other situation I would be saying fetus because a baby is not a baby until like a while after and like you know it's a woman's body and a woman's choice and she should be able to do what she wants and calling a fetus a baby is part of the rhetoric that leads to like pro-life stuff but the only reason I'm calling it a baby and calling it star is because we know what eventually happens right like the future is already written right I just needed to put that in there because I called it star and then I was like oh That's not productive for like that conversation. Anyways, I'm getting off topic, moving back on track. Mav calls Lisa and is shocked that she's keeping it because he assumed that she would have an abortion because he already has a kid. And why would she keep a kid? And obviously like she hangs up and gets really mad, which she has every right to do because bro, like you said you're down for anything and then you just assume that she's gonna have an abortion, like fuck you. And then he visits his dad in jail and has this huge fight because his dad blames his mom for Maverick having two kids. And Maverick tells him that, like, at least he's going to be their first kids and not walked up like his dad and stuff, which I appreciate this fight because as unproductive as it felt, it, like, actually was productive because Maverick was getting a lot of shit off of his chest. And, like, he needed to say that and he needed to do that. And it was a lot of, like, pent-up anger. And so I was glad he was able to do that. And then uh, during that visit, his dad m- made him say what his name means, which is a thing in The Hate You Give, and, like, Maverick is very intent on his kids knowing what their names mean, and so I appreciate that, like, we see that connection, which was really cool. And then Lisa's mom finds out that she's pregnant and kicks her out, so she's staying with Tammy, and she doesn't know if Maverick is what's best for the kid, and they have a fight, and he ends up leaving and, like, going back to his house and stuff, but I appreciate Lisa taking charge of her life, right? Like, obviously, we know they end up together, so it's, like, less hurtful and painful but lisa is doing what she needs to do she's moving out with somebody who actually has the resources to take care of her and to help her unlike maverick she is evaluating her situation and realizing that maverick doesn't have his life together and maybe a dad that doesn't have his life together is not what's best for their kid and i really appreciate it especially compared to like aisha who just like dumped seven on maverick and left like stars star lisa's actually taking charge and taking control and i love her for it And then Aisha, speaking of Aisha, shows up to Thanksgiving as King's girlfriend, not as Seven's mother, not as, like, you know, somebody who should be in Mav's life because of Seven, shows up as King's girlfriend, and I love Mav's mom so much in this moment for taking charge and laying down the law about custody and Aisha's visiting hours and everything, and then when Thanksgiving is, like, all said and done, Carlos shows up and beats up Mav for knocking up Lisa, which, like, kind of deserved... But also, like, it takes two to tango, and Lisa was okay with it. And even though Lisa did blame Mav and was like, you weren't careful enough, like, there's no amount of, like, being careful using that method of contraception that actually, like, ensures it'll happen. So, then, also, we learn that Sean gets arrested on Thanksgiving, which creates this, like, gang power void, which is not good. And then Mav goes to Lisa's first doctor's appointment and Mo is Lisa's nurse. And we learned that Lisa's school lectured her on premarital sex and making sure she marries Mav so the baby's not born a bastard and giving it up for adoption in, like, this really Christian family and making sure that she doesn't have an abortion because an abortion is a pathway straight to hell. And it's just really big mess because she goes to a Catholic school, and I hated it, and I hate that they weren't like, we're going to be there for you and support you and whatever. Like, no, they're just going to lay down the, like, god's law and be like you can't have an abortion like no it's her body her choice she can't have an abortion she doesn't need to marry Mav because so what like it's better if a baby is born with two parents who actually like love them and care about them than two parents that are trying to make a relationship work when they really should just be focusing on their kid and like it's just so much and then we have the whole thing with the copay because Mav can't pay because he has stopped selling drugs and so he is using a bunch of his money from Mr. Wyatt's to like help out around the house and stuff with his mom and it's like there's not a lot of money to go around anyways so carlos does it and like pays for the copay and because of that mav realizes he needs to start dealing again which i did not like i did not like at all i was so scared i was like why 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 you don't need to deal this doesn't need to be where your life goes like because and i forgot like the timeline of these incidents but i remember that in the hate you give star talks about mav going to jail And so I, you know, eventually remembered that it's after Star is old enough to realize because that's why she's so close to Uncle Carlos. But I was very scared that the whole Mav going to jail thing was going to happen in the span of Concrete Rose. I was like, why are you going back to dealing? And then Mav is selling and he ends up at Lisa's school and he is completely whacked out over whatever Lisa and Connor are. And then we meet Tammy's older sister, Bren. Tammy, who's Lisa's best friend who she's staying with. And baby Khalil and I about lost it in that moment because I was like, oh, oh, shit. Like, I forgot the connection between Khalil and Star. Like, I just remember they were childhood friends because, like, somehow, like, their parents were friends. I didn't remember that it was, like, Lisa and Tammy. And baby Khalil oh and then learning that red is khalil's dad and he's wearing dre's watch that got stolen when Dre was shot there was like a lot of information coming at you in that moment i was like not able to process it i was like oh my god khalil like knowing his future and then i was like oh my god red is his dad ew and then I was like oh my god red is wearing his watch holy shit red killed dre and it was like a lot and then mav has to run the store for a couple of hours for mr wyatt and i appreciate that like we see that he can actually do it and he didn't come outside and like ask mr Wyatt for help but Peanut, who's now trying to lead the gang, doesn't care about Red and the Watch. So obviously that pisses Mav off and he's like, I need to take matters into my own hands. And then he gets told that he's basically at major risk of not graduating unless something turns around very soon. But he knows he's not going to turn his grades around, so he's basically accepted the fact that he's flunking out, which I don't like. And we learn that Aisha is now pregnant with King's kid. So... That is not okay i mean obviously like we knew it was happening right like we know seven has two younger siblings but it sucks that she's pregnant and she's like all so happy that she's with king and pregnant with king's kid and like when you're just like leaving your first child like out in the dust and like not caring about them right and then mav talks to king and decides that he needs to go after red which i didn't like obviously i'm not wanting him to go after dray skiller this entire time and then he doesn't tell his mom about not graduating but his mom does come out as bi and being with mo and talks about how his dad knows and like has known or whatever and i really like that moment i like that we see more of his mom and that his mom's opening up to him and they're actually having like a good conversation and stuff and then he takes Lisa on the tour of Markham which was really fun and I love that their tour guide was pregnant too and so he was like talking about what it was like to be with two pregnant people and they go to lunch with Keisha and Adriana which I love and Keisha kind of confirms that it was Red because she talks about the raspy voice on the phone and Red's voice is a raspy voice but then On the way home, Lisa gets mad because Maverick doesn't have his life together, which, again, she has the right to get mad. And I was a little more mad at Maverick. I was like, she would not be mad at you if you, like, got your life together and, like, I don't know, maybe planned to get your GED and stopped selling drugs and, you know, figure your life out. And then he pays homeless Tony who confirms that it was the Red Impala that drove away, which is Red's car. And he learns that his dad was the first person to give Tony drugs and now Tony's a strung-out crack addict, which really sucks and then he visits his dad which this visit was very productive too and they make up and he goes to his dad to seek permission to take out red and i love that his dad doesn't do it and i love that his dad is like you need to make this decision for yourself because you are getting older and i'm not always going to be able to tell you what to do which i like even though i hate when my parents do that to me when i know that they have a very clear side they're on they're like well you have to make this decision we can't make it for you like i hate that i like that his dad was putting that on him because he did need to make this on his own and then he has the gun at red's head and we go through the street rules from the first part of the book like the very beginning which i thought was a nice like callback and then he runs to the lisas and when we get to lisa's there's like a little bit of confusion we learn that he didn't actually kill red which thank god and i very much so appreciated it and we learn that lisa still believes in him and wants him to get his life back on track and doesn't want him to be the strung out gangbanger and that is good and then he accidentally flushes part of his stash and king is ready to take over power of the king lords and he doesn't care about the stash because he knows that mav will repay him eventually which is then when it clicked like oh yeah mav took a charge for king because he had to repay some debt this is the debt Which kind of really sucks because all he did was accidentally flush drugs i mean that's a lot of money but he offered to pay for it and you know king was like yeah you'll repay me later which is a scary sentence and then he goes to mr wyatt's and mr wyatt is like look if you're getting your ged i will make you a full-time employee and mav is talking about the roses and stuff and like is repeating a bunch of the information that mr wyatt has given him over the over the time that he's worked for him and mr wyatt is really shocked that mav actually was listening to him and stuff which is cool and then he goes home and he tells his mom about flunking out promises to get his, G- his ged and he tells his dad about wanting out of the gangs and his dad suggests the nickname of big mav which i love because eventually in the hate you give that is his nickname and so I love that we're learning like the start of it and stuff and then we go to the epilogue and Lisa is eating her barbecue plate because she was right and star is a girl and Lisa's also helping Mav study for his GED classes which is really cool and I love to see that he's like actually doing it and Mo is moving in so his mom can quit her second job which I love and Mav has a plan and he bets lisa that eventually she'll be mrs carter which obviously we know he's gonna win that bet because eventually they do end up married and then Mav is doing lisa's hair so that he can practice for when they have a girl and they're doing it outside and he sees the stars as lights in the darkness which is how he comes up with the idea of the name and like that's the end and it was a really cute ending like i love that and so to wrap up this episode it just was so good and amazing and like obviously it wasn't ever going to be anything but amazing but I loved it and I loved seeing all the connections to the hate you give and even that one lawless connection to On the Come Up. And I love seeing more of Mav in his life. And it's so good because it sets up perfectly for On the Come Up. Even though On the Come Up happens like 16 or 17 years later, like Star is 16 or 17 in that book, like it sets up perfectly for that because it's all the information we need about Mav. But I don't know, it's just like it's perfect. Like it, it is the perfect prequel because it's far enough away that we see this different side of Mav but we also see how he becomes the man that he ends up being in The Hate You Give and I love it so much and it really makes me want to reread The Hate You Give and On The Come Up because they're both amazing books and I love them and unfortunately I read them before I started this podcast so I haven't gone around to rereading them to do podcast episodes on them but I really want to do it now that I've read this like it gave me the itch I was like oh my god I love Angie Thomas I have to reread those books and this needs to be adapted into a movie because it would be so good and like The Hate You Give adaptation was so good, and, like, I'm pretty sure On the Come Up was getting adapted. I hope it's getting adapted, and so this would make a really good adaptation, too. And literally just, like, everything about this book was a yes for me. Like, I loved it. It was amazing. It was so good. Like, it just, it was all the context I didn't know I needed about The Hate You Give. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's a really good way to sum it up. Like, I didn't know I needed this book until I read it, and then I realized how much it mattered to my understanding of the heat you give so yeah i have been maya Ghosh and this has been my take on the masterpiece that is concrete rose by angie thomas thanks for listening so we're kind of a one-woman show here at my take so the credits are not going to be very long this podcast is produced and edited um by me. I do all of my own social media. The only person I really have to thank is one of my great friends, Paris, who did the music that is in the intro and that you're listening to now. So thank you, Paris, and thank you all for listening. You can reach me at underscore my take on Twitter and Instagram, and please leave a rate or review wherever you listen to this podcast. That helps a ton. So yeah, thanks for listening.